0: Welcome to God's Love Revealed Podcast. I'm Ellie Caswell, along with my co-host Jeff Williamson, who is a licensed professional counselor with a master's degree in marriage, family, and child therapy from Fuller Theological Seminary. He's been in practice for over 20 years and specializes in intensive, short-term, dynamic psychotherapy. It's our hope to reveal the truth, life, and freedom of God's love manifested through Jesus Christ. Psychological, emotional, and spiritual freedom is possible through the love of Christ.
1: When I was getting ready for this evening, I was thinking, for this podcast, I was thinking, you know, I've been doing therapy for so many years, and, you know, people come in and they fill out their, like, presenting problem when they first come in, you know, and they'll be like, you know, what kind of problems are you having, basically? I'm depressed, I'm anxious, you know, whatever. And then what's your goal and expectation for, th- for therapy? Oh, I really want to find out who I am. I really have no idea who I am. I mean, something to that effect. And it's almost like funny if you step back for a second, because it's like, one, you're listing your problems, you know, depression, anxiety, or whatever. And you would think, you know, what's your goal expectation to be less depressed, mm-hmm. less anxious, Wow. right? Yeah. But they don't link up. Everybody does this, too. Really? Yeah. Every, I didn't know that. Yeah, everybody's just like, you know, what's your goal expectation for therapy? It's like this huge, like, I'd really like to be free. I'd really like to know who I am. I'd like to feel at peace. And the other thing that's almost comical to me about it is, like, me? Like, I'm, gonna, I'm a human being.
0: Hmm.
1: You know? Like, the arrogance, I'm going to just say for myself, of therapy is kind of funny. Because it's like... I'm a human being that's gonna help you to know who you are. But isn't it interesting that, like, people immediately, just of their own, connect that their depression and their anxiety and everything else is a symptom of not being known? Something
0: missing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. A longing for something. Yeah. That's so interesting. They're aware of that, but do you think they actually know what they're saying? Would they put that down
1: in a weird way. I think they know exactly what they're saying, you know. And then it puts you in this position as the therapist to be like, "Oh man, I gotta like figure out a way." If I was like gonna take that goal literally, you know, I've got to find a way to help them know who they are. Like, and uh, and I can yeah. relate. You know, when I was in therapy, I can relate with that kind of like. Yeah, I mean, really, truly, I just want to know who the heck I was when I went to therapy. You know, I just was like, you know, please, person I've never met before. Can you please tell me who I am? Right. Are you my mommy? Yeah, I like well, that. Well, and
0: like in traditional counseling or therapy, I wonder if they would put the same answers, but like the approach of the counselor is probably not the same approach that you have most of the time. It's more about figuring out their problems and giving them like practical advice to like better their situation. So they never really meet that goal.
1: I don't think they would even attempt, Mm. you know, um, I think it would just be like, Oh, well, that's not really an expectation for therapy. I think we need to tie that to your symptoms. Right. Right. Lower your depression, lower your anxiety.
0: And asking the wrong questions. Like tell me what's going on in your life. Right.
1: But I would say that, 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 is exactly the right thing. It was exactly the right thing for me. Mm. I mean, it was the right thing for me as a client. But I wonder how much, like, you know, if somebody comes in like that, you know, I have no idea who I am or whatever. And it's like, you're sitting there as the therapist going, well, here's the problem, <laughs> client. You're not going to say this, but how can I tell you who you are if I don't know who the heck I am? And mm. also, how are you going to stick around and seek my advice and counsel. If I admit to you, Hey, I don't know who I am either. Like there's an inherent problem. That's probably why a lot of therapists just move away from that because it's like, well, yeah, I mean, like I can relate. Right. (laughs) And, um, and through the years, all of that just kind of made me, um, move to want to know Jesus And have him know me in a deeper, in deeper way, because like, and maybe it was unconscious, but hearing person after person, you know, I want to be known. I want to, it's like.
0: You almost like had to figure that out for yourself.
1: I think so. I think in a lot of ways I had to really figure that out. And it was like, whether it was my soul, my heart, my mind seeking him, however that works deep inside of us or the Holy Spirit, you know, just tap on my shoulders Mm -hmm. like, hey, you know. And um, to me, it is all about God's love revealed, um, because love is a dynamic.
0: Yeah, I really love that. And for me, I think the first shift that I noticed in myself was, or the first thing that I realized was God actually wants to know me like on a personal intimate level mm-hmm. and then just realizing that i was like then i can truly know myself and who he created me to be because up until that point it's almost like i had to have this disconnected um view of myself, Mm, disconnected from my feelings, disconnected from my thoughts, my desires. They're all kind of like in their separate boxes. You know, Mm. like if I wanted to be emotional, I had to be emotional, but I always had to go back to like the facts about God. Like they Mm. they weren't fluid within each other. So I know how it feels like in my body, you know, like the emotion and like the longing. But then when you try to verbalize it. And what comes out, you're like, Ugh, "This is not mm. really explaining how I'm truly feeling." Like right. I just feel like I'm talking in circles.
1: And you know, I feel for clients because you know they'll they'll start talking, they're trying to describe their feelings, right? And they'll be like, "I have no idea what I'm saying. I just feel like I'm rambling on, right?" And then this sort of pain and sadness comes up in their eyes. And I remember feeling that when I was the client, and it's like, because. In a way that highlights the lack of attachment that we're used to, right? Like, we're, we're just not really used to this idea that somebody would be really that present who would really be focused on me and wanting to get to know me, like in truth. I mean, even therapeutically, the assumption is going to be, I mean, this person's putting up with me so they can, you know, fix my problems. And, you know, like, are they really present because they want to...
0: They want to offer me, they want to bring me into something that's yeah more and right. show me Christ's love. Mm-hmm. That's
1: right. That's right. And you know, and for me that's when I started kind of spending time just looking in Jesus's eyes and just really trying to read what his presence would say to me. You know, he would give me this look kind of like you're kind of talking at me, Jeff. You're really not talking with me. And um it was like, wow. I mean, in truth, I'm not really used to being listened to. In truth, I really wouldn't even think that anything I have to say is of interest at all. But his love for me, his um, knowing who I really am, um, his presence itself is the intervention I mean, he's the one, quote, therapist, the wonderful counselor that some client could go and say, you know, um, I have no idea who I am. You know, could you please help me? And he'd be like, yes. Because he is God's love manifested. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, He is the one who knows us. He is the one that sees us. And, you know, you go back and you read the Gospels and you see Jesus interact with people like this over and over again. They come up and say, you know, basically, you know, I have depression, I have anxiety, I need this, I need that. And I always, when I go back and read the Gospels now, it's always almost like, you know, they get their healing and it's incredible and they walk off. It's almost, I feel like Jesus's presence is like, is that it? And am like, well, what do you mean? I mean, I got my healing, I'm not depressed anymore. It's almost like, he's like, well, I could have told you who you are. I could have known you and you could have become more knowable to me.
0: That really resonates with me, what you're saying. And it brings up a memory that I have where you used the dance floor imagery, and you asked me if Jesus was on the dance floor waiting for you to dance with you dynamically. And you were looking in his eyes, and he was just out there by himself waiting for someone. Like, how would you feel? And, like, immediately I felt this, like, sadness and this emotion in myself. And Mm -hmm. I was like, I could never just, like, leave him out there. Like, I want to be with him, and I want to have a dynamic relationship with him. Because it it was, like, my love for him. Mm -hmm. I had never known that—I never knew that I— loved him with I never knew that I loved him that much Mm. and it was such like an eye-opener for me I was like wow like my whole life I've always been like a sensitive person and you know emotional and that's that's kind of seen as like not that great you know Mm -hmm. to like diminish your emotions And then just for you to point that out in me and to give me that image Mm. where I was able to, like, know myself, really. To
1: see that you do love him with your whole heart, soul, mind. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I was
0: like, and I could talk about any other dynamic that I was in or any problem that I had in my life, and I wouldn't get emotional like that. Like, immediately, like, this sadness Mm. of just, like, I want to be close to him just, like, for him. Because I just care about him so much. I love him so much.
1: You don't want to leave him stranded.
0: Yeah. Because, and also because mm-hmm. I know what that feels like to right. want more and to want a deeper connection and a deeper knowing. And I might not have been able to put those words to it back then. And so just to like see that and know what it is in myself.
1: And isn't it incredible then the pain that you have, um, you use as empathy for him. You know, and the thing of it is, is he showed us, you know, like in the Garden of Gethsemane, he's basically standing on that dance floor alone, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Everybody's left him. Mm -hmm. We all know that humiliating feeling, you know, we're just standing out there all alone. And there he is. And what did he he experience? Sorrow unto death. Um, You know, he's experiencing the abandonment of everyone. And, um, and we can all relate with that. So there you're realizing your great love for him because you don't want him
0: to feel. And I think that there, there's something off if you feel that towards another person and not him first. Like yes. that should be yes. kind of a red flag. Absolutely. You know, like if you have this intense emotion and you know, pain um, in relation to another person, yet you're okay with, you know, you don't have that same reaction to him.
1: I completely agree. That is absolutely right and biblical. Um, like, look at this, 2 uh, Corinthians chapter 11, verse 2, for I feel a divine jealousy for you, since I betrothed you to one husband to present you as a pure virgin to Christ. That's Paul speaking.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: For I feel a divine jealousy for you, since I betrothed you to one husband to present you as a pure virgin to Christ. So that's like, you know, Paul saying, you know, Cinderella, you've got to get to this ball. You've got to dance with the prince. He is the true husband because like to leave him there, out there standing alone as we go off to, you know, do whatever we do in the ballroom, right? And we got better things to do or, or like Cinderella, maybe she felt like she wasn't enough.
0: Or even like, quote unquote, good things to do. Like, let's make your marriage with your spouse, like the best it can be. Yes. All the while just kind of leaving Jesus off to the side as like, you know, he'll give you strength. He'll, you know, be your sustainer, which those things are true, but you're missing like, the biggest point of all, which is that dynamic with him, because that's, you're so distracted with that's right. these other relationships.
1: That's right. And, you know, it's a beautiful thing you're saying, especially as a female, because, like, the very next verse in Second uh, Corinthians 11 says, listen to this, but I'm afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. You know, that... Um, you know, in the beginning, Eve is separated from Adam thinking, you know, it'd be wise to have the knowledge of good and evil. And there we could almost say, you know, like Jesus is the last Adam where the bride, you see the imagery of, you know, Christ to the church, like Ephesians 5 is saying, right? That really Adam and Eve here or marriage or whatever is an image of Christ to the church. So, yeah, I mean, this pure devotion of the bride, this um, pure heart um, and I love what you're saying. It's not just you realizing how much he loves you, but you realize how much you love him that you would, you know, say all, everything else in my life is rubbish compared to him.
0: And also, I mean, testifies to like the power of imagery. Yes. And Christ used that and, you know, on every level, psychologically, emotionally, spiritually, yes. it like appeals to all of those all those areas. All those
1: senses. Mm-hmm. That's why he spoke in parables, so he could show dynamic. And, uh yeah, yeah, that's so true. I mean, I really didn't even think of it that way until you just said it, that it's not just that I'm realized when I look in his eyes how much he loves me, but, it, oh, yeah, gosh, this is coming to my mind. This is what he did with Peter. This is exactly what he did with Peter, right, that Peter— um, and do you love me three times to restore Peter? Do you love me? Um, reminding Peter of Peter's love for him. So that love really is a dynamic. It really goes both ways. And when you do realize with your whole heart, soul, mind, and strength, that, you, that love, love your God, there's that word love, love him with your whole heart, soul, mind, and strength. You know, that love that uh, we have for God is a great knowledge of ourself.
0: Yeah. And that's exactly the same point that Mm -hmm. I was making, Mm -hmm. you know, talking about Jesus and on the dance floor and like, it reminds me of that verse where your treasure is, your heart Mm -hmm. will be also. And all you need to know about someone is look at what they love and who they love. Great point. And who they talk about. Um, and that will tell you, a lot about a person, you know? I've just noticed that. Who people ask me about or Uh what they want to talk to me about. It's like, I, yeah, I care about people, obviously, Uh and um, I love people, but ultimately, but ultimately, I'm just looking for like this common desire with someone towards a perfect person, which is Christ. Mm -hmm. And I want my eyes, my heart to just always be focused on Him. And anything else to me becomes, again, this distraction and an identity um, if it's outside of that focus.
1: And you're exactly right. And and that's the thing is like, how can you back to, you know, I was saying at the beginning, like as a person say you know, I want to know who I am. And like, it's almost like, you know, it's like, okay, well first you're going to Jeff to find out who you are. You know, I got some tough news for you. You're going to have to shed every false identity you have. And Jeff, you know, not all of your identities are bad because it's knowledge of good and evil, you know, like, you know yourself as a dad, you know yourself as a therapist, you know yourself as a husband, you know yourself as this, you know yourself, you know, we're going to have to like get rid of all that. And you're just going to have to know yourself in me, you know, and it's like, um, yeah, there's no competition, you know, mm. for Jesus. I mean, it's, no. you know, there wasn't for Paul, there wasn't for the prophets, you know, they didn't have some kind of identity or reputation that they could put forward. No,
0: there's like a stripping away of of all of that outside.
1: And what you're saying is so true because it's more than just distractions. It's it's more than that, if we're honest. It's more than just, you know, competing thoughts against Jesus. It's It's a false identity. It's an identity in the world. And Jesus, you know, he's in the world, but he's not of it. In other words, he doesn't have some false identity. You know, he just walks around without credentials. He walks around being who he is in the father. And he has a a soul focus. If we watch him, you know, like all he does is talk about the father. All he does is talk about the kingdom of God. That's all he does. And I love what you're saying. The reason he does that is because that's where his heart is. You know, um, my heart, my soul, my mind comes alive when I talk about Jesus, when I talk about his love for me, and when I talk about how much I love him, I literally come alive. Like, I'm literally not depressed anymore, mm-hmm. if you want to put it that way, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I'm yeah. literally, you can hear it, my voice. Like, um, and that's love, isn't it? Like,
0: yeah,
1: right? And then, you know, like here we are talking, hopefully, you know, impacting somebody, which would be like being a light on the hill that, you know, the second commandment, you know, love others as he's loved you, right. Would be, um, like under the first, like we're talking about him. Hopefully that inspires somebody's love. Um, it awakens it. Um, and or even just awakens them to the truth of how much they really do love him, mm-hmm. and awakens them to the truth of how much he loves them. And together in that dance, in that dynamic, maybe they feel something in their spirit right now, like an awakening. I mean, let's look at John, First John, chapter four, starting in verse seven. Just listen to this, beloved. Let us love one another, for love is from God. But that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins.
0: Mm -hmm. That's so good. And I think the end of that passage, it talks about punishment, and it just kind of, I had this thought Mm -hmm. of, you know, realizing my true love for Christ. I have to come out of self punishment to see that. And if, as long as I'm living in that punishment and that death and that guilt, which I should be freed from as a believer, as long as I'm living that, I'm never going to see my true desire for Him. You're as right. Being that, one. yeah, you're
1: right. You'll be a light under the bushel. Yeah, your mm-hmm. uh, verse, what First John four verse eighteen. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, for fear has to do with punishment. And whoever fears has not been perfected in love.
0: And you can just hear that, like have a conversation with anyone, especially in this day and age, about their fear, about what's going on in the world. And you try to talk to them about, well, like heaven or Christ or keeping our eyes fixed Mm -hmm. on him. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they kind (laughs) of brush it off. And you're just like, they're not even open to even receiving that at all because Mm -hmm. they're still living in this fear and this punishment. Mm -hmm. It's like until they come out of that, they're not going to see... Not be able to see the true love that they probably have for Christ underneath all of that, and they're not able to receive His love. That's that right. would get rid of their fear. That's right. And anxiety.
1: Yeah, and yeah, you make a great point because, like, He's the Good Shepherd. So, if you really are all that afraid of what's going on in this world, wouldn't the wisest thing be to be as close to your Shepherd as possible? Mm-hmm. Like, even in that sense, you know, ultimately. Um, I guess every person, you know, has to ask themselves, I mean, this is what I have to ask myself. If I'm standing out there with Jesus, looking him in the eyes on the dance floor, can I just look him in the eyes and tell him, Jesus, you know, I've got something else to do. Can I handle that feeling of just walking off and picturing the tears that would be in his eyes, the heartbreak that would be in his heart? to see me just kind of walk off and leave him there by himself. Like, and I know what, you know, it's like, yeah, but aren't there things to do and don't we have things to do and aren't there important things to do and all this kind of stuff. Mm. It's like, I mean, really we can't do those things with him. We can't do those things in his presence. You know, like Mary sat at his feet and Jesus said, You know, what Mary's found won't be taken from her. She's found the better thing. You know, Martha, you're fussing and fretting about doing all these things, but she's found the better thing. And it's Mm -hmm. like, where do we get this notion that Jesus, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, would have us just sit at His feet and not be about His work? I mean, Jesus never left the presence of the Father, and He worked Mm -hmm. harder than anyone you know, he always had work to do. Where do we get this idea that Jesus would be like, okay, you know, just take a nap and lay down here. And, you know, he puts us to work hmm. because there's work to do, right? But why would you do any work or why would you be in a world like this? Why would you, with the sh- the wolf prowling, wander off and not stay in his presence? If if you look at it, you every single thing... Whether it's danger in the world, not being in shame and guilt, knowing who you are, um, being a light on the hill. Like, how can I be a light on the hill to anybody in a ballroom if I'm not standing by Jesus? So I'm going like, to be off the ballroom floor and point them, go, go over there to Jesus. That doesn't make sense. Right. I should be over with him and saying, hey, come over here. There's good news. Everything that you need, everything you are is found in him.
0: And I think something that comes to mind that I've seen and, like, I've experienced personally is as being a mom Mm. and, like, your children, they're, like, your first priority. They're the thing that you want to protect, right? God's given them to you. And so you kind of feel justified in maybe being neurotic and, Mm -hmm. like, and then having, like, this fear, oh, because I just love them so much. So it's okay, right? Because I just I love them so much and I just want the best for them and I want them to, like follow God and love Him and, you know, be happy and be safe. And yet you have this, like, great fear. And I'm just like, if I were to tell them, you know, well, perfect love casts out fear. Mm-hmm. And then they're just like, yeah, that's great. But, you know, blah, blah, blah. Or, you know, they start complaining about the same things yeah. as they were before. Then what does it come down to? I mean, there's some kind of responsibility and choice that that parent that person has to make and like seeing the truth right yes it's like what is it that like knocks them out of this cycle of like yeah i hear the truth that you're saying but yet i still have like all this fear and all this like anxiety Mm -hmm. over this thing
1: Mm -hmm. well i mean you know it goes back to the beginning when you know uh, adam and eve went to self-reliance right they thought You know, if they just have the knowledge of God, the knowledge of good and evil, that they could be like God and, I guess, figure things out for themselves, right? I mean, I I could argue the biggest tragedy of um, the fall is having children outside of God's protection. Mm. I mean, you know, it was bad for Adam and Eve, but like, what's it like trying to be a parent now? Like, what a nightmare. So, yeah, I mean, the curse for female is the pain of childbirth and child rearing and Now your husband will be your master, right? Because, like, he's now fallen, right? So, you know, the the curse for female is, uh, you know, uh, tied to dynamics. She came out of Adam, uh, so her curse is tied to Adam, in a sense. You know, it's dynamic. For the guy, we Mm -hmm. came out of the ground, so our curse is tied to the weeds. You know, and your reputation and striving and all that kind of stuff. Like, we, we continue to go on doing the same thing. It's like groundhog day. Every day is right. the same day. Every day is like a day in Jesus to be like, you know what? That didn't work in the beginning. It's not going to work today. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stay with the Father. I can do the work if I'm a male, so to speak, you know, with a curse. And the curse is finished in Christ. Mm-hmm. Every day is the same choice. I, as Adam, can say, I'm not working you know, with my own understanding, I'm going to work with Jesus. And you as a female can say, I'm not going to do what Eve did and lean on my own understanding. Today's, you know, a new day. And today the curse is done and I'm abiding in Christ. I'll just go back to the garden, so to speak, you know, and Mm. stay with him as I raise my child. I'll stay with him as I deal with my marriage. I mean, wouldn't that be like the wise thing to do? I mean, we get so on Adam and Eve and what they did in the beginning. We do the same thing every day. I know. (laughs) Every day.
0: You think we would learn our lesson? (laughs) And really, it sounds so simple when you put it that way. I mean, in a lot of ways, it is. If you really have the heart and the desire to enter into that kind of dynamic and to Really experience that freedom and that peace with Him.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, it, it's like in the beginning, they knew each other, right? Um, they're known in God's presence. And when it's all done, you know, somebody comes up and said, I did this in your name, and I did that in your name. And Jesus says, You know, I tell you, I never knew you. Hmm. So, um, God's love is manifested. God's love revealed. Jesus Christ comes into the world with this tremendous love. He asks us to participate with our whole heart, soul, mind, and strength to love Him back, to realize we love Him like that. And if you seal that deal, you that new covenant, and you love Him each day, you are being brought out of the curse, and you are being brought into a knowing And He is that wonderful counselor that can actually fulfill what we all desire.
0: Thank you for joining us today. If you found this podcast to be insightful, please subscribe to our show and share with someone who would enjoy listening. And we look forward to meeting here with you again soon.